0: Welcome to Extremely Interesting Interviews with Ordinary People, the podcast that uncovers extraordinary stories from the lives of everyday individuals. We invite you to join us on a captivating journey. In every episode, we delve deep into the personal journeys of our guests, exploring the challenges they've faced, the lessons they've learned, and the triumphs they've celebrated. Their stories will touch your heart broaden your perspective, and remind you of the incredible resilience, creativity, and courage that lies within us all. Anybody can look at a a LinkedIn profile and see what you do. Okay, they can look at your LinkedIn and go, okay, he went to school here, he does this job, he's been there so long. But I want to know who you are. I want to know what's on the inside, the things that make you tick. And so I know that you were in the service. Mm -hmm. And you were in the Navy. I was. Thank you for your service. Thank you for yours as well, sir. Absolutely. World War II must have been a bit. (laughs) Well, (laughs) actually, I'm not that old. It was Nam. (laughs) (laughs) So the – And what fascinated me when – when you and I talked, you were talking about being a, now I'm going to totally screw this up, so straighten me out when I do it and swear me away. You were an honor guard? Yeah, it's it's actually the, you're right, but like the
1: specific name for it is the United States Navy Ceremonial Guard. Ceremonial Guard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, each branch has their own version. The Army's got the old guard. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Marines have 8th and I. The Air Force have their own honor guard. Uh, Coasties even have their own, and the Navy has their own as well. Uh, all of them are stationed within the DC capital region.
0: And that's where you were at mm-hmm. the DC capital.
1: Yeah. We were on a annex of Bowling air force base. Mm-hmm. It used to be an old world war two, like Navy airfield, I believe I could be wrong. Um, but I mean, like even our building was an old airplane hangar, right? Like it was just repurposed. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, that's cool. And it's like,
0: well, happened. not cool if you're there during the time. <laughs> Looking back, it would have been cool, but look when you were living in it, it probably wasn't cool at all.
1: Thankfully, we had like a super nice barracks room, mm-hmm. especially for E1, E3. You know, we yeah. had.
0: So, what was your rank at the time? I
1: went in. I went in basic training as an E nothing, and like right. I got promoted during boot camp to an E2, and then you know your first three, first three like E1, E2, E3 is all time served basically. Right. Well. Navy, you have to take tests to advance, so I went to go take a test to make third class petty officer, which is E-4, mm-hmm. and they needed people to be that rank so bad that I literally showed up, and my evaluation passed me for that test. I didn't even have to take the test, technically. I needed 40, I think it was 40 points or something to pass a test, I yeah. had 90 for my eval alone, so I just had to show up.
0: So, you know, in the Army, so when we, it's based on uh, on need. You know how bad do you do? We need this MOS, you know, military occupational specialty. They base it on that, and then if they really need you, then the scores really low. If they <laughs> don't need you, then the scores are really high. Yeah, and then you automatically get like oh, I want to say like a hundred extra points for being for being airborne. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's you know, um, so that helps out. But but you guys have to do board stuff too, though, don't you? When you get into NCOs, yeah. Okay. So I guess it's just
1: strictly testing until you hit, go for chief at E7, and then you have a test and then a board. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure senior chief at Master Chief are the same way.
0: It's probably the same way for the Army, but I've been out too long to remember.
1: Same, same, but different.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly, right. <laughs>
1: Everybody just kind of figure out their own way to, you know, make it harder for everyone else, right. testing boards, <laughs> whatever right. it
0: is. So tell me about your time as, okay, ceremonial guard. hmm Okay, tell me about that. What was that like? If it's cool with you, I'll back up to kind of how
1: I got there. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. uh, Navy basic training, definitely not boot camp. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: Obviously, I didn't know I was getting myself into, but like you get there, and in a nutshell, you're learning to live with eighty other dudes in a tiny space and not kill each other, right? And that's what they kind of just get your mindset at, because you know, even in like, no matter what level of military you're in, there's I use this term very loosely. There's some type of brainwashing, right? Because they break oh, you down. Absolutely. And they build you up to where they want you to be. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of what happened with that is um they broke you down and just make you very simple people and learn how to live with other people. Yeah. Um but when I was there, so oh. there's these guys that come around and what they do is they try to recruit. And they mm-hmm. try to recruit for the ceremonial guard or there's uh SWIC, which is the special warfare combat controller i believe it is those are mm-hmm. guys that drive the boats for navy seals right big guns super mm-hmm. cool and then the seals right they'll have their own kind of like guys come in and talk to you try to recruit you obviously i wasn't going to do the other two because those are real hard right but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, when so I, had, funny. <laughs> it brings
0: back so many memories because i could remember so i was at jump school mm-hmm. and they came through and they go hey you guys want to go to the rangers and i'm like no <laughs> I'll stick with 80 seconds Go like ahead.
1: too much running you know too yeah. much lifting just uh but um I'm gonna have to backtrack a little more to kind of give you like a little bit of like like context right so yeah. I grew up in the same town my entire life mm-hmm. did terrible at school because I didn't care literally only made it through school because my mom had her foot in my back so appreciate that but all I did was like worry about playing of all things, paintball. So I'd play paintball all the time. Long story short, kept blowing my shoulder out Head to the point where I had to have surgery. Mm. Realized I didn't have health insurance and fortunately things worked out so like I was able to have surgery done. Right. And realized that I needed to do something in my life. A bunch of my friends are leaving. Sure, I'll do something. I'll leave for the Navy. Just four years, right? Hey, it's only four <laughs> years. <laughs> but um, what could happen? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so I, uh, I literally signed up for the first thing I could do. And it was a little embarrassing, but I signed up to be a culinary specialist on a submarine.
0: Is I, it a fancy way to say cook? Yeah. Oh, okay. I a thought cook so. on a submarine. Yeah. Like, hey, I, it's a sub.
1: Yeah. They say what? 70 guys go down, 35 couples come up, something like that. Mm. I can't remember, but nothing but love. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is, though, is like I changed my job multiple times prior to actually enlisting because <clears> the <throat> same person that had her foot in my back is the same person that was my biggest advocate I'm like, you're making a terrible decision. I'm going to step in. Mind you, I was basically a grown ass man at the, at the mm-hmm. time, but I still right. needed that help. So um, I ended up leaving as an engine man, going to go in engineering department. Right. Well, <clears throat> when I got to boot camp, I realized that I didn't want to do that. So, kind of going back to where we were starting from, when we were at, at boot camp, the ceremonial guard came and visited, and they're like, hey, there's the casket bearers that basically bury guys and girls, Arlington, mm-hmm. five funerals a day, five days a week, wow. 365 days a year. And well, not you know, my bad weekends and major holidays excluded, yeah. but they had that, they had firing party, they had, which is the guys that do the 21 gun salute. Mm-hmm. They had colors, which, you know, carry the incident, color guard. Navy colors. Yeah. Color guard. And they had a drill team. And those are the guys that have, like, the Springfield 1903s with, like, 12-inch bayonets, spinning them, throwing them, all the crazy stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that looks dope. Um, <laughs> so, when the guys actually showed up and, like, pulled everybody in the room, they're like, all right, everyone that's six foot or higher, get in line. And I was like, bro, like, I've been 5'11", like, my entire adult life, right? So, I go in there right. and try to stand up straight, like, stand on my <laughs> tiptoes I get in the room, and then <laughs> before they even said anything, they were like, how many people were told that they could change their job when they got to boot camp. Like everyone raised their hand. They're yeah. like, well, obviously they lied to you. But if you go here, basically a TAD assignment in a sense, right, mm-hmm. then you can change your job while you're there.
0: TAD? Temporary assigned duty. Okay, so used to, they, could, they used to call it TDY, so temporary duty assignment. Basically the same yeah. thing. okay.
1: Yeah, um, and then like the video they showed us to the drill team were these dudes and they were in like Norway, I think. Like the drill team traveled all the way to Norway to go perform. And I was like, well, that looks awesome. And so I signed on for it. Mm -hmm. So instead of going the basic route of basic training, boot camp, whatever you want to call it, to your schooling. In the interim, two and a half years, I went from basic training to D.C.,
0: so you, you skipped AIT or whatever? Mm.
1: Yeah, we call it A school in the Navy, but yeah, AIT, okay. same thing. Mm-hmm. So I completely like skipped that.
0: Wow, and went straight there. Mm. But they,
1: they only want junior enlisted people. They don't mm-hmm. want anybody with any experience. I don't know if it's to <laughs> have any, like, personal knowledge. They can brainwash <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly, right? They're like, I want you to stand still, stare at the wall, 12 hours, you move, I'm going to beat you, right? Yeah. PT for punishment was authorized at our command.
0: 100%. P- oh, PT for punch. Yeah. Got
1: you. And at that time, that's 2007, 2008. Like, we're already at the, like, that's not right kind of PC thing. Yeah. But, like, it, I mean, like, sorry if anybody gets in trouble, but we definitely
0: did. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, like just to put, you, <laughs> just put a little context around this, you yeah. and I were both in the military, but I, w- I went in in 19, um, 19, God, in 1986. Uh, I was one. Heck yeah. So, you're one. Yeah. But no, I went in in 1986 and there was no such thing as, as PT for punishment. It was just, they punished you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm that sure was, that was the yeah. end of it. Uh, to, you know, to say that I'm, to say that I'm sad that I missed
1: the eighties and early nineties, let's say like pre nine 11. I'm mm-hmm. not too sorry. I heard it was a little tougher back then in certain aspects. You it know? was pretty
0: insane at points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you I was there. <laughs> oh man. But
1: yeah, like, um, they literally would be like, "Okay, if they mess up, beat them." And I, I say "beat." I don't want everybody to think that like we physically beat them. I mean, like mm-hmm. we just made them do PT, would right. you know, exercise. Um, but basically, when you get there, I flew home for 30 days of leave after boot camp, right? Which is insane already, right? Right. Oh no, two weeks. I apologize. It was two weeks. Uh, two weeks is okay. Yeah. And then I went from I can see that boot. I went from Great Lakes, Illinois, to home, and then from home straight to DC. Mm-hmm. And mind you, no one like tells you what's going on. So I literally don't fly into DC. I fly into Baltimore cause it's cheaper. I take the train all the way to DC and I've only been there once and I was in like eighth grade. So obviously I have no idea where I'm going. And this right. is pre iPhone, pre GPS stuff. Like right? <laughs> oh so just a wing in it. Yeah. Well, I go and get dropped off at this Metro stop and it's called Berry farms. Um, once I got out, I understood that was not where I was supposed to be, right? Like I was, but I wasn't. So, uh, Berry Farms oh is God. not a nice area. Like it's very rough there, right? Oh, and, is it? Yeah. I see.
0: I know nothing about it. I've never been north of Virginia. So, okay. So, I mean, I, like, have, I don't have a clue. Think about your knowledge of like where military bases are. Mm-hmm. Property value is not super high. No. In the surrounding areas, right? <laughs> no. So, yeah, I can. Uh, Spring Lake, North Carolina, is <laughs> not that awesome.
1: So. Um, basically it was government housing turned over. I'm not sure to who, but it ended up, you know, being like low-income blazes. Mm-hmm. right? So um, I'm in my dress blues, I think, hold on, dress whites. God, I'm, I don't even look remember at, anymore. Look the at chamber. cherry as hell when right. you got off the the super, train. <laughs> super fresh, rolling over my sea bag and nothing else. Oh my God. And I walked across the street. Fresh and meat. Then I get to the gate and mind you, I've also never gone into a mil- military installation by myself so i have no idea what to do right well i'm at the gate i show my id tell them where i'm going they're like all right cool i start walking and these two gentlemen pull over and like hey would you like a ride i was like yeah i appreciate that i mean like i mean you're in a safe place at that point right you're on Mm -hmm. military base you're on base you feel comfortable and these guys give me a ride and like where are you going i was like oh i'm going to the ceremonial guard and they just like looked at each other and looked at me and i was like what does that mean and like, we'll take you. I was like, All right. <laughs> so they pull up in front of that old hangar, and yeah. when they pull up, there's like five or six people with these yellow ropes on to greet me. And I'll be if I wasn't surprised. You had guys yelling at you, girls yelling at you, basically yelling at you, come inside, stand yellow, still. Yellow ropes. So I'll, I'll kind of explain that. So okay. in, there's a ranking structure within a ranking structure, right? Mm-hmm. Because everyone there is junior enlisted. Right. But people are assigned specific roles. And then okay. the rope will kind of like let you know what role they're playing. Okay. So everyone that was wearing a yellow rope are people that are like basically uh, in the training platoon. And mm-hmm. they're guys that, and girls that do all the training for the new people that come in. Oh, okay. And cool.
0: they're, they're typically... So this rope, mm-hmm. is it like a, a forget that yeah. you wear around your shoulder? So or?
1: I don't know what it is in the Army... It's the blue one, I think.
0: Which is the infantry. Okay, so it's the infantry bro- rope where it's kind mm-hmm. of
1: like braided and a solid. Line right. Under. So it's like that. Oh, okay. that one was yellow. Oh. Okay. And then there was a white one, and there was a different braided white one. Okay. So the, gotcha. the normal white one is for everybody once you graduate training.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The yellow one is to be a squad leader, which is the training guys. And then the braided white one is for the like top tier of whatever platoon you're in. Like mm-hmm. you are subject matter expert, you are go to, you are fully qualified. Uh we called it full honors at the time
0: yeah, I think mine was see now I wasn't infantry I was with an infantry unit, so I didn't get the blue i didn't get the <laughs> i didn't get the privilege <laughs> of wearing, <laughs> wearing the blue rope, but i had uh because I was with eighty second I had the French forget that uh red and or i guess burgundy and uh red.
1: I, I honestly wish I knew more about other branches, but I really don't. Yeah,
0: it's, I can, I can remember, I can look back and see it, but I don't, and it was a big brass tip on it, you know, hanging Oh down
1: Yeah, and, we actually wore those in our dress uniforms for the ceremonial yeah. car, but they were solid white, and is there, like, a little, like, mm-hmm. almost bead, like a metal bead, and then a metal point? Okay, tracking, we're on the same one then. Yep. Um, but, so, those squad leaders are waiting for you, and, like, Dude, I was so pumped when I was at when I was a, like at boot camp, I was the laundry petty officer. Like that was my assigned role. Mm-hmm. So like I knew how to fold all this stuff like you're supposed to, right? All the little shirts, all the socks, like smiley face up, like skinny, fat, <laughs> fat, skinny. Like people will know. <laughs> if people were in they'll know. So I dude, right. I remember sitting at my mom's house before I went back and I was sitting there folding everything, making my sea bag look perfect. And I was like, all right, cool. So <clears throat> when I get there, they're basically like, Get in here now, stand still. And you're just like, Oh God, where am I? Right. I know none of these people, like stranger danger getting yelled at mm-hmm. and they're like dump your C back out and i was like oh bro i just yeah, do you, you realize that much i must on this <laughs> so what they do is basically a c-back inspection right then and there
0: and yeah make dump sure you everything got everything
1: out. yeah and then after that you're basically in two months of very very rigorous and intense training um what they're doing is they're trying to like make it to where you understand that like you may think you're just standing there but to like that widow, that dignitary, that kid. Like, you're like the definition of whatever Mm -hmm. branch you're you're part of. Right. So they beat the crud out of you until you understand that like, just don't move, (laughs) right? It's really that simple. But the same thing is though, it's like, if you're not moving, people will get tired. And I've seen people fall asleep standing up and not fall over. I've seen people pass out. I've seen people do all kinds of things just from standing, right?
0: I mean, I can tell you, and I, this is your story. I, I want to share with you, though. There was this moment. So I was with the 82nd Airborne Division. You were with the the uh, ceremonial guard. So there's a lot of ceremony that goes into all of this. Yeah, And I can remember watching a guy standing there at parade rest with his 16 back in the day, you know, with his bayonet that was just, I mean, it's brand new. It's never been used, right? And it's and on, on the end of his weapon and he's standing there parade dressed and just passes smooth out and falls, you know, whenever you pass out, you fall forward. Everybody, you know, in the movies they always <laughs> oh, they crumple and they fall backwards. In in real life you fall forward. Timber. Yeah, Tim Burr. <laughs> and so this guy falls forward and bayonet down the back of this dude's leg just You know. Hmm. That- and were they ceremonial bayonets or were they like a real bayonets? Like oh, these sharpened? Were, they they were sharp. Oh, yeah. that really sucks for him. Yeah, I mean, just slice this dude's leg open. Mm. We're standing there in formation. And it was um, the whole uh, 82nd, the division parade. And, you know, we're standing out there on this god-awful, enormous field, you know, with 8,000 or 18,000, whatever it was, people out there. You know, yeah. and he's standing there in formation. All of a sudden, he just <laughs> boop. Then he falls forward and he just slices right down the back of this guy's leg. Yes. Wow. I'm sorry. No. I digress, but (laughs) I remember those (laughs) times when you start talking about them.
1: Yeah, like I want you to share those because that helps me like recall stuff too because you're saying that and like like, to tell like a story kind of similar. So all of our weapons were demilitarized, right, which Mm -hmm. basically means either the barrel where you can't see it, literally somebody got like a plasma cutter and cut it or like So when you say plasma cutter and cut it, they cut it long ways so essentially you'll have a barrel but if you were to remove like the wood stock or something like that oh, you can see up. the
0: slice all the way down mm-hmm. the length of it yeah, oh, so oh wow this completely is crazy
1: completely the 1903s that we used like parts were welded shut like welded welded not like where you could like take one and make it functional like they were oh done. wow that's
0: crazy i didn't wow. know that they did that to them. Mm-hmm. so like our you always see in there go, like, <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's and, the
1: old guard like the two million Soldier, mm-hmm. like those, as far as I know, those are fully, fully like, legit, 100%. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. What's crazy too is like, the, like those guys are called Sentinels, uh-huh. right? That's their name is that job. One of the guys I grew up with here in where we grew up in town, mm-hmm. went and did that. It was crazy. And then I went and did it for the Navy, no and I was like, what are the chances? Right? It is weird. Right. But um, my buddy was doing a cordon, which is basically you know you stand on each side and they walk like dignitaries or whoever walks between you. Well, he was mm-hmm. doing a cordon at the Pentagon. And he's the same thing. He was at like a attention, pray rest, whatever it was falls on his bayonet. Ours were not sharpened. They were mm-hmm. pointy hits him in the bottom of the chin. <gasps> Who walks out? President Obama. He looks down at him. He goes, get my doctor or whatever. And like their doc took him and like took care of him. And he was all good to go. But like, he just had oh, like, like, big God. old stitches right there on his chin. Yeah. But I mean, that would be horrible. <laughs> the bay like, so what happens, like once you finish a training, is you pick what platoon you want to go to, mm-hmm. right? And then you either go to casket bearers, colors, drill team, or firing party.
0: So wait a second, you said you pick? Mm-hmm. You get an option. You get to choose?
1: But that doesn't mean you're going to stay. Oh, okay. Right? Like me with my like stature, everyone thought I was going to be a casket bearer, right? Because uh-huh. I'm a bigger dude. Right. right. And they thought that. And the whole time I was like, nah, dude, I want to throw guns, bro. Like that looked cool. That's yeah. what rolled me
0: in. So you're 5'11"? 11, yeah. See, I was so i've always been 510 but i'm pretty sure that if you measured me now i'd be like five nine
1: yeah you, you're shrinking man. yeah i'm, I'm old though you know <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah like i picked the drill team and uh it's almost like a war of attrition or battle of attrition whatever you want to say when it comes mm-hmm. to that stuff right because it's whoever like it's whoever quits like it's on you you either keep going or you quit And like, I might be one of those most hard headed people that I know. So it worked out pretty well for me. Right. Cause uh, I, like, I wouldn't give up and thankfully that like carried me forward, you know, cause I was like, like throwing rifles and like, if it hurts, suck it up, keep going. There's like a bigger purpose for everything. But, uh, that was a really good experience. Um, you don't initially start off in those platoons, right? you start marching in funerals too. So mm. you got to,
0: like, cut your teeth, and it's horrible. Or I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, so, like, I remember the first one I marched on. So all of our uniforms pressed, starched. Like, I mean, we stayed up hours. We barely slept, yeah. like, shining brass. Like, dude, it was mm-hmm. no joke, man. And we used Stayflo like, starch on our covers or our hats. Or we were going to call them our Dixie cups. That's what mm-hmm. we wore. And you basically just roll the end over, right, just the very tip of it. Cause you know, <clears throat> you know what a morning band is? A morning band, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So you see officers wearing like a black band. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a morning okay. band. Well mm-hmm. for us, it would, that little bend in our cover was to kind of like, like signify our morning band. Right. Wow. But like when you're not good, you just stay flow everything and stay flow starch. Like you didn't dilute it. You just straight up pour it on there. So you're out there. And there's the first one I was on where Arlington we're marching. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to DC, but it's not like, it's not cold, especially in the summer
0: yeah right so i heard it's very humid it's actually pretty warm
1: yeah it's like it's a lot like here honestly oh really yeah but like i'm out there and i'm starting to sweat he's
0: he's talking about texas by the way (laughs) i'm starting
1: to sweat and that stay flow goes down my face and hits my eyes and it's it's happening not just to me but all these other green people that are standing next to me that's our first funeral and we're all just like like shaking like just trying to stare forward like keeping our eyes shut and open as much as we could but like you're in, like, a whole different, like, world and perspective, and, like, you don't understand what's going on in that first one other than, like, you're marching. You're doing what you're trained to do. But, like, month into it, you, like, kind of kind of see what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get very desensitized very quickly.
0: That is so sad.
1: It it really is. Like, because
0: I can – man, I've been – I don't know. You, you've been to a bazillion funerals, obviously, for military. But, I mean – we were at um, just to share. We were at uh, my uh, mother, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law's mother's house this past weekend on Memorial Day. So they're watching some ceremony on TV, and it's this this couple that's up there and they're singing there, and it's this beautiful ceremony. I think it's on CBS or NBC. I don't remember. And I'm sitting there watching this, and so next thing you go, oh, so now you know this is Memorial Day, so we're going to play Taps, you know, in in memory of everybody that's Pat. And I'm like, I'm like, deuces! I said, I'm out. <laughs> I said, I cannot, I cannot sit for that. I just can't. You know, I can't do it anymore. Nah.
1: Um. So becoming desensitized is something that so so important it is like. In the moment, in the years I was there, you don't think about it unless, like, there's a a very, like, pivotal moment, mm-hmm. and I had already been in the drill team. You're only supposed to be there for, like, 18 months or something, and mm-hmm. I ended up being there for, like, two and a half years.
0: Oh, wow. Um, so, because you're really good at what you did, or uh, you're unfortunate <laughs> enough uh, to get stuck, yeah.
1: or... the a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's basically it, right? Right. <clears throat> um, but I got to the point where, like, I didn't blow my wrist out from drilling and, like, throwing rifles and spinning and all that stuff. But, like, I pushed my body long, further than I should have. Mm-hmm. My wrist paid the price. I couldn't do it anymore. Just straight up couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't drill. I could teach people and tell them what to do. But I physically, if you were to give me something right now to do, I could probably still do some of this stuff. But, like, it would it really hurt. I was like, really? oh, dude.
0: Is it because the the... Because of tendonitis, or it just wears out the joints yeah. when you do that, or
1: there's a very specific way to do things, mm-hmm. and I didn't do it that way. I did it my way, oh. I pay the price. So I over rotated all my wrists whenever I did everything. I didn't do like they taught you it was like you basically use the momentum of the rifle and use your like thumb as a pivot point and like mm-hmm. push up and do that. I literally would over rotate everything on my wrist.
0: Oh wow! And yeah,
1: but um, basically pulled me from the drill team not like a negative way, but just, you know, things happen or whatever. Yeah. Um, I got put in the armory and that was right before the inauguration for Obama the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, like, all right, at that point, I was already in E4, petty officer third class. I was mm-hmm. a gunner's mate. Zero experience. Um, basically what that is is an armorer. But again, I had zero experience other than daddy's old shotgun and pistol. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I would fall on funerals again. Mm -hmm. But I'd follow out as the POIC, which is the petty officer in charge. Not as like a guy marching, not a guy doing this. But I'm the dude that hands your grandma the flag. Uh. So I did that twice. The second time I did it, I handed it off to a lady. And like, John, never forget it. it Because they're reminding my grandma. You have to take a knee. You have to hold the ensign a particular way. Like, you never poke them with the point. Mm-hmm. You always rotate it and pass it with the flat part right
0: I did not know that but yeah. that's never poke always mm-hmm.
1: the, the flat part and then you take a knee and you have to look this human being in the eye and tell them on behalf of the President of the United States a grateful nation and a proud Navy I want to thank you for your loved one's service and dedication to this country along those lines see and,
0: and just listening to you say that now you know it. I choke up.
1: Yeah, it sucked.
0: Oh, I can I can only imagine. I never had to do that. Thank God. Thank you, God. I never had to do that. But I mean, I can only imagine how bad that sucked. It sucked. I probably probably cried in the bus afterwards. Oh, like that sucked. How do you do that? How do you look at somebody and go, you know what? Thank you for everything that your kid did, or your grandson, or whatever. And you know. It just God, it breaks my heart thinking about it now, you know. But yeah. I, I've turned into a big softy right, in my old days. It's
1: all right. It's better to feel it than to not, man.
0: <laughs> you know. But I just God, I can't imagine.
1: Yeah. So I passed a flag off twice, and after the second time I did it, I don't know why, but they never asked me to do it again. I was totally fine with it. Never asked ever to do oh, it. Really? No. I was fine. I hit my quota. Right. Yeah. So, um. In that time though, you have to keep, you have to keep it together. You have to be that pillar. Right. They can do whatever they want. You want them to like be able to express themselves emotionally, like whatever, but like you cannot, you have to be a rock Mm. because you are again, representing, representing that whole branch. The
0: whole country. This could
1: be the one time that that woman sees anybody from the Navy after her husband who was in World War II served, right? Yeah. And he's like the grandpa that did horrible things and never told anybody his family about it. Just kept it to himself. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yes, I do. That's my,
1: my grandfather was like that. He was in the army over on like late the Battle of Late Gulf in in World War Two, mm-hmm. right? Hey, did he talk about it?
0: No, oh, no, no. Yeah. The, but you know, and two, that was a different time back then. Nobody talked about it. nobody ever talked about PTSD. No, and nobody talked about the horrible stuff that they did. You know, they just they sucked it up. They were men, they drove on. <laughs> is that, you know, it. I mean, well, and, and, is, and I know that, that sounds very no, I got you, I machismo, you. but you get it, right? No, for I mean, sure. you understand because you've been there, you yeah. understand what I'm coming from. It's you sucked it up, you drove on, and that was it.
1: Dude, if I had to sum up the military, like right now with this conversation that we're having, I would say pissing contest, right? It is whoever can take more, whoever can deal with more, whoever, like all that. Right. About. It's about attrition.
0: Yeah. It absolutely, so like for jump school, you talk about, you know, you're uh, going through your training for the the guard and everything, jump school was like that, jump school, I, my class was 410 or something, I think my, uh, the original class, when it started on zero week, 410 people. And then when we graduated, it was like a <laughs> hundred and three or hundred and four, whatever. <laughs> because so many people just fell out, yeah. you know. And it's not because you know I'm not, I was that much better, not because I was that much stronger. And it all boils down to to this, you know. You're, you, you know, what's in your heart, what's in your head. You know, mm. it's not about being able to run like that because they run stupid runs, but. It wasn't about that. It was about being able to just realize that it's a mind game and yeah. and deal with it and suck it up and drive on.
1: They'll take that guy that can run a seven minute mile, and they'll take that guy that runs a thirteen minute mile. If that guy that runs that thirteen minute mile doesn't quit,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's all about not quitting in there, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and you know, and that's really what it's about. It's just about sucking it up and driving on. And, yeah, and that is so hard to do in the moment. You know. I, I tell people man like the military is easy right in retrospect
1: it's easy you show up you shave and you do what you're told. yeah
0: but absolutely
1: like, the stuff in between is hard <laughs> <laughs> right yeah like <laughs> I don't ever you know. tell people that part I always just say it's easy but the stuff in between